Hi everybody. Firstly, Happy New Year. Here's to a better 2021. My name is Karina Givargasov, the founder of Mission Magazine, if you don't know it already. We're the first and only ever fashion philanthropic interactive media platform. My mission is podcasts are normally hosted by Charlene Tepetiri and myself. Charlene's the singer-songwriter of the UK band Texas, but they've just released some new material, a new album, the new single got released a few weeks ago, so they're working hard on promos for that. But I'm happy to say she'll be back with us on the next episode. This new podcast, this new year, we start off with someone I met when I was introducing Mission to companies, right at inception. This person is really highly respected in their industry. It's also somebody that I really respect. She has her own publicity firm in LA, which she founded in 1993, called IDPR. Her firm looks after the top A-list talent from Madonna to Alicia Keys to Ben Stiller, John Legend. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. That is the top of the list. She's a fierce advocate for equality, gender equality. She helps shed some great advice on achieving a work-life balance, as well as telling us how she steered her team through the pandemic in a supportive and positive way. I finally get to ask her a question I've honestly been harboring since I met her those three years ago. What made you start ID? Please tune in as I talk to the delightful Kelly Bush Novak. Thank you for listening. Take good care. I just got to say thank you so much for doing this. It's uh, it's such a pleasure to recircle back and speak to you. Um, it's been a while. It has been a while. I was just looking at all your covers, and I realized Alicia Keys was one of the first. Yes. You were one of the first people that I got to present mission to um, that was kind enough to give me the, the, the time to see me in your office and, and hear me um, stand on my soapbox and talk about what I wanted to do and what I was trying to try and support social causes and change. Um, and you were, I remember in the beginning, you were kind enough to take some calls when I needed some mentorship and guidance, not knowing kind of the route and, and, and the, the right path for this. So I, I will never, ever forget the, that. And I'm very, very grateful to you for that. It was my privilege and I believed in your mission. And, you know, I, you've obviously done it and succeeded. And I'm ha I was happy to support you then. And I'm, I'm happy to be talking to you now. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, we, I, I, I wanted to really kind of delve in and we try and have different um, people on the podcasts um, from, from different um, industries and find out kind of what their philanthropic endeavors are. And, um, and I think one thing I, one thing I really wanted to kind of ask from the get, because I know you started IDPR um, and you're one of the very few independent ones and you founded it in, I believe, 1993. Um, so congratulations for just keeping it going and growing and growing to even bigger artists. Um, we actually spoke to um, a friend of mine, Suzanne Donaldson from Nike, put someone amazing on my radar, Janaya Khan. Janaya, it's actually Janaya. Janaya, yeah. I, I apologize, um, on my radar and I've been listening to them and hearing what they have to say and um, it's, it's, it's it, what a change this year 2020 has brought um, to this and I know that um, looking at IDPR that you, you kind of, you have such a great roster of people there. Has that, um, with the way society has changed and, and, and the, the, there's been a huge shift 
have a lot of your artists found that they've wanted to have more of a platform and more of a, a voice being, you know, speaking about what they care about and really getting behind activism and, and having their voices heard? Well, I feel like our clients chose us and we chose them partly for the reason that that activism has always been a priority um, for for them and for us. Uh, and 2020 and obviously the election here, the elect, you know, Brexit, uh, the pandemic, you know, with so many people needing help and needing support, um, people have, I think more people have stepped up and, and maybe because we're all at home and on our computers and phones more, we're, we're maybe seeing it more, but, but um, supporting marginalized people, um, becoming good citizens and voting not just every four years, but, you know, supporting candidates that care about the environment and care about criminal justice reform. You know, it, it's always been something our clients have, have uh, focused on. And it's our, it's our honor and privilege to, to help amplify those messages and help guide them through how they can make the most impact. Yes, yes. And I know that um, when we were, I was kind of really researching all of this, that in 2017, you said you wanted to really try and get gender equality 50-50 by 2020. How, how um, obviously we've got a lot more to do, but has it gone in a way, is it going in a way that you are happy about? Or is, you know, how does Hollywood embracing this gender equality? Well, I, I think 2020 was the year a lot of people, not just in our industry in Hollywood, but a lot of people woke up and realized that we live in a, you know, still in a, in a patriarchal white supremacist system. And that unless they take action um, to do something about the fact that it's still majority white men around all the tables, um, that it wasn't going to change. And, um, you know, there are a number of organizations and, and companies that stepped up in major ways uh, to try and, you know, reverse the power dynamic that exists. And, and so we, we had more women directors last year than any other year. So that's a, that's a positive direction. Still not enough. Still not enough. There were a number of uh, BIPOC and LGBTQ folks elevated onto boards within our industry. Um, you know, again, it's not enough. Uh, the 50-50 by 2020 initiative was successful in that it um, got companies committing to taking a look at their boards. Um, but, you know, adding a few white women is not the point. Um, it's got to be inclusive. And you, you, you're not going to ever be done. You know, we've got a hundred years of, of patriarchy to, to balance out. But I'm optimistic about where it's going. Yes. No, it, it, sadly, I think um, the events around last year, um, I, I think, just woke everybody up. Not just in America, but in the world that um, 
but it's you, you ha it's given them empathy I like to think as well but it also I think just looking at the younger generation as well protesting and going out on marches and, and really making a stand that um I felt from my my team are all Gen Zs and, and millennials and they were they were so affected by what went on in America um uh, and and we've spoken in the past with my team about gender equality and, and it's not just about as you say having a couple of white women around the board table that's a token gesture um it's um but i think you were amazing to kind of want to stand behind this in 2017 which seems so long ago now to get really think well there needs to be addressed it needs to have there needs to be change um towards this um you work with, and you, you do work with a, a wide range of clients and, and different industries. Um, has that been something that you've had to pivot, like the language of how you and who you work with and who you select to work with um, in the last year or so? No, uh, not really. Um, ID has always had um, a vision for the kinds of clients we wanted to represent, and and because I own the agency and I'm you know, I'm queer, you know, we've always um, focused on making sure there were voices that are being amplified that don't necessarily always get this, this type of representation. And, um, you know, it was important to me to have my, my staff and my client base be one that represents my ideals. So, it hasn't necessarily changed. It's we've got a hundred staff, uh, nearly a hundred. So that's amazing. Wow. It's and and we work across brands and nonprofits and film and television, as well as music, actors, filmmakers, uh, writers, producers. So we we really do work across the whole industry. And you know our vision and and mandate has always been to amplify the work of the greatest artists and thought leaders of our time uh, while removing the barriers to entry for those who want to follow in my path and and that focus has built an incredible internship program um, including very long time eight-year partnership with the historical black colleges um, and you know, we we hire we hire our interns and we mentor and train and grow them into monster publicists. That's incredible. Uh, yeah, I've got people who started with me 15 years ago, right out of college. Some didn't go to college that are, you know, representing amazing people. And pre-COVID, we're traveling the world and um, are fulfilling their personal goals and professional goals through the support that we give and it you know the most important thing to me is my team and they're they're having families and buying homes and you know it's incredibly gratifying actually the lady i spoke to from your team um last friday uh, was called barrett and we were we were singing your praises and i was saying to how i first met you when i came to your office and i was this naive <laughs> foreign cocky person that had this vision and you sat and listened to that and um court said she used to work with you she was your assistant and and now she's we're talking about clients um and working together and i think personally i i, I think that's a real just um 
kind of a testament to the person, the owner of the business that they hire within and they nurture and grow the people within the, the organization. And if, you know, someone that's been with you for 15 years, clearly, you know, they want to be there, they want to work with you and they're part of a fantastic group of people trying to do good, but working with interesting artists across all these different verticals as well, these different industries. Um, she was great, had a lovely conversation with Court and I I think there should be more of, that's one thing that I really loved about when I met you, but also ex understanding IDPR of all the different aspects that you work on, but the internship, internship program, you know, I, I think is so wonderful that you've seen that ahead of time to give back, um, to because it's the next generation that are the future, um, and, and they need that support and assistance, and Court introduced me to, I hadn't heard of this amazing person um, called, that you have called Chloe B. McKenzie, um, which I just think is just wonderful that she gives back as well and, and um, to the black community about education on financial business models. Um, but how, how have, um, so how do you, how do you feel that you keep true to your authentic vision? Um, it's, it's, you have such a, it's such a, a incredible in company with 100 people that you oversee. I mean, you must be so busy with everything you're doing. We're, we're busy, but we're thankful that we're busy. Um, you know, honestly, Karina, I, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I weren't true to my values and living them and modeling that for my daughters, two teenage daughters. And um, it's, it's, it's easy when you have that North Star and you can see the impact that you can have on someone's life uh, as either an employee, uh, you know, a team member or, or a client. You know, we've been lucky enough to represent people, you know, before anyone knew who they were and seen them go on to win Academy Awards and Grammys. And, you know, it's, it's a privilege and it's, something we take very seriously and we also try to have fun that's imperative i think that's absolutely imperative absolutely 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 and that's harder and harder to do over zoom and you know we um we we gave it a go in 2020 with the staff you know and we have breakouts and you know sometimes just vent sessions and um you know, once everybody dressed up in their in their in their different wedding dresses and came to the Zoom, and you know, we had a hat Zoom, and you know, we try to also give people a, a chance to just bond and connect. And we've hired during quarantine, I think, seven or eight people who started at AD and have never met each other in person or been into the offices. Um, so that's been <laughs> that's been strange. That's a challenge, I bet. Yes, gosh. It's very challenging, but I have an incredible management team of, of, of 16 people who all lead different verticals within the company, some of which I mentioned, and we all come together. We were meeting in 2020 twice a week um, to make sure that everyone felt connected and that they had resources and that we, we didn't lose the culture that's what has made us so successful is is the teamwork and the the team bonding and the the mentoring that goes on within the company 
Yes, it's it's it sounds like you've you've got you've got your two daughters, but then you've got more children at ID, like you that you oversee and nurture. There seems like a real nurturing um, element to you that you you have at IDPR. I mean, it's I understand the North Star, but that's how I feel with mission. Um, and the same is it's it's we do it with integrity, but it's I'm obsessed and I love it and I care about causes and people. And you sound like. It's the same that you're doing as well, and you, you support artists, whether that's um, a singer or a film director um, or an actress, to really reach their full potential and give them that support. And I, I, I can't imagine how just listening to you and how you've had to pivot the the in, your industry, your company during 2020, of how that's affected. I mean, has I guess films have slowed down last year. There weren't, you know, things were put on pause and. Has there been a bounce back at all? Is it? I mean, we're in hardcore lockdown. I'm in London at the moment, um, but we're in lockdown here. But are things picking up a little bit, or did they have a chance to get a little bit back to normal in 2020? I know in LA as well, it's it's quite bad there at the moment. It's bad here right now. It's the worst in the world, I think, here right now. Uh, one in one in four are testing positive. Um, and our ICU beds are fully booked, fully occupied. It's devastatingly sad. Everyone is staying home that I know and, and being safe. And in terms of the industry in 2020, um, things did get back up and running on the production side of things. But by the second half of the year, there were productions, sound stages in Los Angeles were, were fully booked. And, um, People are going back to work safely and they have, you know, really amazing guidelines and protocols to keep people safe. And for the most part, it went it went well. You know, there, people would get shut down for a week or two and then go back up. And um, but they were able to get things done. But for us on the PR side, um, there was a tremendous amount of back, you know, backlog of projects. So there were TV shows and movies um, and books you know, and albums all coming out throughout 2020 that we were, you know, tasked with promoting and supporting uh, via Zoom. Um, and uh, it it kept us busy. It kept us busy. Um, and we were grateful. Yes, I think everyone is, I mean, Zoom has been the most fantastic savior of all, but it's also, I think, with my team, it's been a bit of a thorn on our side and trying just every, we just on Zoom meetings back to back to back when we, when we ha when all the, the whole team were in. I mean, we're a very small team. I think there's, there's nine of us compared to your 100. Um, but it, it, for you, it must be so great to have, to see them on the Zoom calls, to have this support that you're giving them. Um, and how, I mean, how do you kind of balance what you're doing and, um, and managing? It must be, such a, a stress on you to have all this, you know, a responsibility to not just your clients, but to your team. Um, but I guess that must drive, you're so passionate about ID and and, um, and, and keeping it going and, and having such integrity with the brand. Um, do you have days when you can just completely switch off? And, and what do you, I mean, what do you do as your downtime? That's a great question. And I think it's an important one. Um, I don't, believe in the theory of work-life balance 
anymore was a phrase many years ago. And, and we, we uh, subscribe to work-life integration. And um, it starts with some basics, which is nine to 10 hours of sleep, being hydrated, uh, exercising, and eating healthy. Um, and, and minding, you know, minding your alcohol intake, which, you know, counter counteracts the <laughs> hydration and sleep. And, you know, it goes against tr you trying to achieve that. And so if, if you can be disciplined about those things, you have the energy to go hard all day long on, on Zooms. And, you know, you gotta, we, 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 we have stand-up desks throughout the offices. And so at home, I, I got one of those desktop things that raises up my computer. And so I try to stand as much as possible to give, to give my body a break from the seating position. And um, honestly, Karina, what drives me is, is just the passion for my team and these clients. So I don't really think about, and I don't feel stressed, you know, and I, and I do think, I do think people are built as entrepreneurs or not, you know, people are either risk takers or they're not, you know, when I get asked about it and I start to think about the commitments of the leases that I signed in these massive offices that we aren't using 20,000 square feet of office space in Manhattan and, and, and Hollywood. Uh, sure. I could be like, wow, that's, that's stressful, but I don't, I don't focus on that. I don't, I'm an optimist and I'm glass half full and I, I focus on the things that I can contribute that will keep us all safe and my staff employed. And that was one of the things I told my team, you know, the, we, we actually shut down our New York office a week before the New York shut down and, and the same in LA a week before LA was shut down. I had been in New York and flew back here on March 6th. I was with a client who we, we launched, we launched a season of, of their television series and we were there and, and, uh, wearing masks already, but, um, it was clear to me that this was already everywhere and that my staff taking public transportation was at risk and riding that 50 second floor elevator all the way up crowded. I said, everybody, let's just work from home. And we have, uh, already had a software program called ring central, which is voice over internet for our phone system. And so we were already on, on zooms with each other and using, you know, digital internet phones. So we were built for it already. We didn't, it wasn't a, a hard pivot. Um, Gosh, that's incredible. Yeah, we were very lucky there. And, and I have an amazing IT team led by my incredible COO. And, you know, I have a, a lot of really smart people supporting me and my vision. So we, we, we started working from home early, um, not knowing how long it would go. And my goal was to keep everybody employed and to not have to let anybody go or furlough any assistant. And we achieved that. Um, very lucky and thankful that we did. And I, I do think 2021 is going to be just as challenging from a business standpoint. Um, it's We're not out of the woods yet. It's probably 2022 before really people will be back in offices because if we get back into our offices this year, it'll be with masks and social distanced. So it's, it's not really sustainable. Um, you know, you're not going to be sitting in a conference room having a meeting this year. Yes. Yes. 
well, I think also it's proof that you can just if you just go with the flow of things, you can adjust your your how you do your your day to day work, um, which is through Zoom, and and that we don't all need to be in an office all at the same time with things. Um, we actually, yeah, I flew back to the UK um, a week after you went back to LA. You shut it down. We shut it down the following week when they started closing Europe to uh, travel from America to Europe. Um, we were supposed to do a shoot and suddenly all the PRs, the day before the shoot, all the PRs, fashion PRs, were not responding. It was very creepy uh, and quite frightening from having, um, I think, Prada confirming looks and Saleron and all of these other brands. We couldn't get them on the phone. We couldn't get them on emails. Um, and I just said, we're, we're cancelling the shoot. I think we should all, and, and one of our team was from LA, had no family in New York didn't have a partner was really on her own and, and I said to her you need to get a, a one-way ticket to LA tomorrow I said you know let's get the returns done and close the office now so I made that decision I think within 48 hours and I got a one-way ticket to the UK and through hard drives and some clothes in the bag thinking I'm going to be here for two months max I thought it was gonna and then it's all okay and and, and obviously we are here where we are but um were you living in LA full time by that point? No, I was living in. So I was living in. I live in New York. The mission's out of New York. That's the team and the office is there. Um, and I was just visiting LA a couple of times to do meetings. Um, but I have a. Um, a, a, my father's on his own, and he's medically needs assistance. And I knew that this there's nowhere on earth I could be in New York in lockdown on my own, and he's there, um, in the UK. That would just cause incredible worry on my part, and. Um, and it's like you're saying about entrepreneurs, you're either used to, you know, you go with the flow of things. And I'm used to working on my own, being independent, working from home. Um, it's been my whole career as a stylist. So for me, it's not been that difficult to be working and, and we've always been super busy. I think, like you were saying, it's trying to, every time we have a check-in with my team, as, you know, as a business owner, to be always optimistic and 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 give positivity back to your team um I, I think because it's been it's scary times and i i'm you know i'm sure your team were were so relieved you know to see that they keep their jobs and that there is that guarantee and and they're busy and it's because i think mentally it's been very very challenging for a lot of people that's why i was asking like any tips that you can give us about that for our listeners I think those basics, I think those basics are really something people overlook and I'm certainly not perfect. And, you know, the first part of COVID, I was like looking forward to that glass of wine at the end of the day and, you know, and then it adds up and you, you, you know, you start to uh, feel it, you know, like waking up in the night because of the sugar from the wine or whatever. So I'm off wine and, um, you know, I feel much better. You know, I do hear from people too, that they're getting burned out because you can, you don't have as much of the shift from when you get home from work, from the office, you, you transition to, you know, home and put your devices down. And, and now people are saying they're, they're on Zooms and on their phones and computers, you know, 15 hours a day. So we try to encourage people because we've got the East Coast, West Coast thing to, to let the New York team turn off and have the LA team pick up where they left off if things need to be followed through on. And, um, you know, we, we do staff our, our clients with a team of four to six people. So, 
everyone can get a break. That's the beauty of that's the beauty of the teams. And I really do hope we don't go back to the old ways of flying all over the place all the time for sometimes a meeting that could be done on Zoom. Um, I think our, our offices, not just ours, but I think our offices will look really different in the future. I don't I don't think there's gonna be a need for every single person to have a private office that you're only in part time because you're out in the field covering or traveling. Um, I think people will probably have spaces that are more collaborative. We'll have more gathering spaces so that when when we are together, we can we can maximize that opportunity. Uh, I'd like to see ping pong and pool and video games for a little bit of relief and release. It, you know, to, uh, I'm thinking Nintendo Wii challenges. You know, um, <laughs> um, I guess it's Nintendo Switch. I guess it's Nintendo Switch now, not Wii, but we still have Wii at home, and we we love our bowling and our tennis and. The girls got into golf this past weekend with my wife, Linda, and uh, I was intimidated, too intimidated to try it. <laughs> I'm a Pong. I'm a, I'm a kid of the you know, 60s and 70s. I was into Pong. What do you mean Pong is in ping pong, do you mean? No, see, you're too young. Pong was an Atari video game back in the 70s. Oh, was that with the white bars that go up and down yes. the side? Got, oh, yeah. I, oh, I know that. My, our old TV used to have that when I was, when I was young. We'd have that. That was... M- my God, we thought we were just, they say in the UK, keeping up with the Joneses. Isn't that amazing? You this, yeah. I now you love that. Now, we're, now we just were told yesterday by someone we, we like and trust was like, you got to get the Oculus. I guess the Oculus. Oh, that's what my, my 13-year-old nephew wants, the Oculus. Yeah. So we ordered, we ordered one to test it out. So I'll let you know how it goes. Yes. And he has them. Um, my nephew has the, uh, the Wii. What's it? What did you just call it? Nintendo Switch, yeah. The Nintendo Switch he has that um, he tried to get me to play over the holidays and just this. I'm going to sound old here. These young, these youngsters, they're so quick on moving the people they really around, are. and and I just got annihilated, and it just raised my stress levels. Oh like, dear! I said, "Can we just play karaoke?" I said, "Can we do something fun, please?" And he just went, "Oh, that's for girls." Oh gosh! But he's a 13 year old boy who plays rugby and football and has just discovered um technology in that in that sense but um I agree with you I think with going back to travel and I think it is going to be limiting I think because people are going to be scared to just go back to their own ways and just hop on the plane and um and I think it just has you know does it make sense to do that is it sustainable is it good for the environment um well we know the answers to that it's not we do. It's not, and and I think I actually flew back um, to to the US twice last year because I became a US citizen. Oh, congratulations! Thank you. Very very proud. I now have my US passport, um, so that was brilliant. But I I came back, and I think when I flew back from London to New York, uh, there were eleven people on my plane, eleven in the whole of the plane, um, and it was strange but there was a actually a little bit nice because it was there were so many people like 20 rows ahead there was no one near me and it was people and it was quiet but but it was worrying and it was scary and I think this pandemic has shown what we really need what we really need do we really need to buy so many clothes do we really need to buy all this that and the other and travel and it's I think it's really made everybody 
I hope stop and slow down and, and make more conscious decisions um, being, you know, in shopping, but also in terms of supporting other people, marginalized people, as you say, um, making the right choices, I think. And um, Kelly, I have to ask you one question. I'm dying to ask you. What made you start IDPR? So we're going back now a long time, um, fall of 93. I moved to Los Angeles in the fall of 91 to pursue a career in entertainment. And I cold called an agent, a manager, and a publicist and asked them for an informational interview. And I had to make a lot more calls before I got the yes to, to get the informational interview. But I was pretty convincing. And um, I'd already had 11 years work experience by that point. So I, I felt pretty confident that I could walk into a room and carry a conversation with a total stranger and, and, you know, get to know them a bit enough for them to open up about what they love about what they do and what they don't love about it. And when I was in the interview with the publicist, they proceeded to tell me that I was already a publicist. Um, my career in the health club industry for eight years um, on, on the sales side was, uh, you know, those skills were directly applicable to being a publicist. You're selling your clients to the media, right? So uh, she hired me in the interview, Karina. Oh my God. I didn't leave the interview. Oh my God, I got goosebumps. That's amazing. I know. And um, the next day I was on the phone with Angelica Houston. Oh my God, that's... Do you know, when I first came into your office, I was quite intimidated and in awe, and I was dying to ask you this question. So I've waited like three and a half years to ask you. Oh, there's no need to be intimidated. Oh my God, that's so brilliant. I'm so glad I asked you the question. Yeah, it, it's, it was, a, it was um, you know, an auspicious beginning for sure. And then I, I worked there for just under two years before I left to start ID. And I didn't intend to start my own company. I certainly didn't have the education. I didn't go to college. I didn't have money saved. Um, I didn't have connections. Um, what I had was a belief that the work itself, while, while, you know, could be challenging, the things that weren't working at the company that I was, was about the culture. And it was about the lack of of training and mentoring and support that the staff felt. Uh, you talk about your 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 staff and <clears throat> trying to keep people positive on a Zoom call. <clears throat> and you do that because you want them to feel safe, you want them to feel confident, you want them to do their best work when they when they feel those things. And in an environment where you're worried that you're gonna get fired or you're gonna get screamed at or blamed for something you didn't do, um, that culture of fear does not bring out the best in people. Uh, it paralyzes people. And um, I watched a revolving door of people leaving the firm that I was at. And so I initially started to try to put things in place there to, to turn that around by having staff meetings and creating training documents and um, digitizing the system there because I started in PR, Karina, pre-internet, pre-email. <laughs> and and, and um, so, yeah, we did everything by phone and by fax. I remember fax machines. I only got rid of mine last, 
in September when I went back to New York, it was in the office in the cupboard, this decrepit old thing that should be in a museum. Yeah, exactly. So I was I was trying to um, make things better, and it was that was not embraced or supported. So I said, okay, well, I guess I have to do my own thing then, so that I can create an environment where people are excited to come to work every day, and that's. That's what I feel supported. Yeah. So I went to Office Depot um, with my credit card and I bought uh, a computer for myself and my assistant that I had just hired at that firm who, when I left, they let her go. So I had no business because I had no clients yet, but I, I hired her. Um, and um, we I went to Office Depot and I got us set up with computers and typewriters and copiers and phones. and had a spare bedroom in my house and was open for business the next day. And Wow, I can really relate to a lot of this. Mission comes out of my apartment. Yeah, you've just, you've just done the same thing, yeah. I, I, we had someone from LVMH come over two years ago and they were head of um, Moe Shandon and we wanted to do an event with them and I, I wanted to present the brand to them and, and they came into which used to be my living room, a big conference room at a big table with, I call them the kids, the youngsters were sitting around there with their own laptops, we were w working away. And I said to him, come on, let's go into the conference room. We'll have, we'll discuss things. And he went, where's that? I said, well, most people call it the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my office was out of my house. Oh, that, that, first, that first office was in, in a house. And then I moved to a, a, a bigger space, which was also a, a duplex where when you entered the, the bottom floor, was, it looked just like an office. And then it was up the stairs was my living quarters. And I was there for a couple of years before I could afford uh, to rent an office. Our first office was on Melrose um, and just a, just a block from the famous Pink's Hot Dogs. And uh, we were there and, until we moved to Culver City where we were for seven years. And then I moved to Hollywood and West Hollywood and then Hollywood now. And then we opened the New York office. I don't even remember what year. I uh, met Mayor Buxbaum, who is now the president of ID, and she was at a, another firm, and they were acquired by a conglomerate, and um, she was ready to make a change, and we 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 teamed up, and and she opened um, my New York office, and that was that was in first uh, Lower Manhattan on Disprosis, Tribeca, and then we moved up to to uh, Spring and West Broadway. We were there for seven or eight years and um and now we're we're in lower manhattan on wall street um with 360 degree views of lower manhattan it's stunning um and it's empty <laughs> <laughs> so most of the offices are manhattan and apartments unfortunately sadly at the moment but that's how that's a pinch me moment that was, do you have do you ever stop and think like do you because you're in it and you're around it and it's your your passion um is there that impact that you feel that, wow, I've, I've really done this and this is incredible and, and you, like to feel proud of what you've done? Because I know sometimes it's hard when you're so connected and close to something. I absolutely feel proud and, and um, it's only when I'm interviewed or, you know, yesterday talking to our new, our new interns and they, we do an AMA and modeled after the Reddit Ask Me Anything series, we we do those and it's only when I start to talk about it do I sort of reflect. Um, 
because I'm just so in it. But as you said, but um, you might be surprised to hear that I, I still feel like we're just getting started. Oh God, don't say that to me because that's how I feel. And I'm, I'm, I've been doing it three months. There's just so much more I want to do. And, uh, and um, but yeah, there's definitely been moments, including this past December 1st, when uh, I supported and, and led uh, Elliot Page to come out as trans and to see the the reception and the support that they got from everywhere around the world. And Elliot was trending in 10 countries on Twitter, number one trending. And, um, you know, we now have, you know, because they're living their authentic self for the first time, creatively, there's an explosion of ideas and projects. And uh, it's, you know, this is someone I've known for quite a long time and um, been been there by their side as they, you know, worked on getting closer and closer to who they really are. And I'm just so proud of that. So it's, it's, it's through the the big moments, you know, when Alfonso's very personal film, Alfonso Cuaron's personal film, Roma, can do so well through the support of, you know, Netflix and, and Ted Sarandos and his whole team there. And, you know, we worked on that for two years, um, you know, for him to win three Oscars and one of which is in my office here at home because um, he doesn't he doesn't collect his trophies. He's he's um, very uh, humble about that. Um, those are the moments that make me recognize what, you know, what a privilege it is to get to do what I do and to share that with the team that I work on, Elliot and Alfonso and others is incredible. And and also just this year in, in particular, to be so proud of clients who stepped up in so many ways for Black Lives Matter and for the election. And, you know, Janelle Monet is is one of them and John Legend is another and, you know. Um, and, and through Joey Soloway, who created the incredible show Transparent, I met Jenea, a uh, future con who I know is going to change the world. So, you know, it's, it's, um, it sounds so organic. It's my life's work, you know, and it, yes, and, I, and, yes. I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm lucky that I get to do this. Yes. It sounds like it's as well, um. You know, they say about manifestation and things coming in. It just sounds like such an organic journey that you're on and good people come to you. Like you're saying about Alfonso being humble, but I, I get the sense you are as well from when you're talking, how you talk and um, how open and accessible you are to not just your clients, but all your teams from the interns to being able to this, having the Ask Me Any AMA um, talking to, which I think is a, I might have to steal that. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, to do that. Oh my gosh, you've got, I think you're absolutely amazing. I really do. I did when I first met you. This is what Court and I, Court and I were singing your praises the other day about you and just how, um, I mean, you gave me support. I, you didn't know me at all from Adam and you showed me support from just coming off the street trying to tell you what I was trying to do. Um, and it's, it, it, made, it meant the world to me. And I've often mentioned that um, to others about how I wish a lot of people in the industries, not just the entertainment, but would have your sensibility and your caring and nurturing and the give back. Because I think we'd all be in such a better place, to be honest with you. And I hope 
with 2020 how that has happened but that has really you know made a lot of people realize what what values are and what they mean um and what doing the simplest kind gesture that can be free but can help somebody and make a change in their life and when i remember being in your office i had i didn't i knew of elliot but i didn't really know what they had done and you told me about the series that they had filmed gaycation yes oh my gosh that that was I found if anyone hasn't who's listened to this and hasn't seen it, you must. It's such an eye opener. It was very powerful series, very very powerful. It, it was nominated for two Emmys. I'm, I'm incredibly proud of them, and they've you know they've got a lot of great stuff to come. So uh, that more on that. Um, but you know, I think I think the point you're making here is about um, not being. Um, a selfish asshole and having yes. a, and having a huge <laughs> ego and yes. um, uh, and the whole idea of of American individualism these people who are off in Tulum and you know vacationing in the middle of a pandemic putting other people at risk um, you know and when we see the the, the lack of police force with this mob in Washington and the difference between a, a a Black Lives Matter protest and the show of force. And I had friends that were, you know, shot with rubber bullets and pepper sprayed who, who were doing nothing um, but peacefully protesting. And, you know, it just shows you, you know, sort of, again, the values and where people are coming from. And so I feel like it's an easy thing to do to, give back and to give your money and your time. And, um, and I, I do see optimism and in, in different corners of people doing that more. And, and I, you know, I hope it's, I hope it's a permanent change. And, you know, I certainly feel good about who I am when I put my head on my pillow at night, you know, like, so, and again, modeling that behavior for my kids and, people in my life I think it is I, I do think it will be that because I think the younger generation won't allow others to get away with it they're going to call bullshit on it absolutely um, and speak up about it as they should go go Greta go Greta oh amazing right um my father got introduced to her not literally but on a documentary the other night on the BBC that we watched yeah her doc is her doc is out I haven't had a chance to watch it yet I've I'm looking forward to it Oh, it's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And it's, um, yeah, you talk about kind of um, old white men in suits at the table. There's a few of them that come on the documentary, just make some appalling comments towards her. Yeah, we live in a, we live in a sexist society. I mean, it's, it's how it's all built. It's, it's, it's everywhere. And, you know, I'm Greta, people like Greta and, you know, the, the kids from, uh, Florida, Marjorie Stone Douglas, you know, um, Emma and David and those those guys in there, they're going to change the world, hopefully, you know, I think more more young people voted in this election and, um, you know, black women led getting Biden and Kamala elected and obviously um, black voters in Georgia turned that election around for us to now have the Senate and you know, they they deserve to have their voices heard and they deserve to have a seat at the table. Yes, yes. And it's coming, I think. And, and that's what excites me, actually, 
Um, it is giving them a platform and helping them amplify, um, causing good trouble, I should say. Yes. Uh, oh, my God. Yes, absolutely. In this. And we started on the website a youth summit series that was supposed to be in per uh, of, you know, a real one in, in person. And obviously COVID hit. And we just started doing it two months ago. Um, and it, I just love what the young younger generation have to say. We, we're doing one tomorrow on intersectionality. Um, which it's just such a fascinating topic. And I've got three kids from the UK and two from um, the US. Um, one's a 17-year-old um, is interested in the environment. The other one is um, the president at Chapel Hill on LGBT society that she runs, they run. And it's just, I'm awestruck what they have to say. I, I, I wasn't like that at that age. I don't know what I was doing looking at a music magazine, maybe with my finger up my nose. I had no, nothing to look at to guide me. and. Um, so it's it's the younger generation I think are, are the way forward and I'm I'm excited to see because I do I'm a massive believer I'm like you I'm very very optimistic and I'm a massive believer that from um, great tragedy comes great things good people like the phoenix good rising people. from the ashes yes 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 well Kelly I've taken up so much of your time and um, so I'm going to wrap it up because I know you're really busy and your day's just starting in LA but um, I. I'm I'm so 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 privileged and honoured that you got to do this, and I'm so glad I got to ask that question before you started writing because I've been dying to for so long. I remember what I was wearing. I even remember what I was wearing. Since you're a stylist, <laughs> I had on a um, a denim button down and uh and 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 black wide legged high waisted pants at the time. I don't remember what I probably had on mules um, because of the year. But I remember literally rolling up my sleeves and, uh, and diving in um, with two gigantic Rolodexes in front of me. Um, do you even know what those are? You do, of course you do. Yes, I do. I've um, got one here in London that I work off. Love my amazing, Rolodex. Amazing, amazing. But um, yeah, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I hope we don't let as much time pass before we talk again. No, we won't. No, we won't. I've, 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 I'm... I'm there's more coming our way, your way. I, I want to keep in touch because there's lots of exciting stuff brewing on our end. But um, I'd love to always work with you, you know, and, and have you involved. Because I, I just think I'm, 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 you're on a pedestal to me. I think you're incredible. I, yes. So thank you so much for giving us some fantastic tips on how to handle being in a pandemic, but just some optimism as well. Some great insight into you and your company and how you founded and got started. You're very welcome, Karina. Stay well and stay safe. You too. You too. Thank you for tuning in to listen to the last podcast with Kelly. Isn't she brilliant? Such a great businesswoman. So fun and caring. Our next guest is again someone I met at Inception of Mission. We finally reconnected after, I think it was three years, to find out what they're up to now. He is someone who has managed to combine urban farming with sexy pink neon lights, they're there for a reason, and integrated AI also. Coming up in the next episode, we talk to Tobias Peggs, co-founder of Square Roots in Brooklyn. And Charlene comes back in now on our podcast, thank goodness. So please do join us again on our next episode. Thanks so much for listening. Take good care. Bye-bye.